Well, hello, and I would like to extend a warm cringe evangelical welcome to all of you listening today. Today is our Satanic Panic at the Disco special. Um, what I'm going to be doing is I found some people online who, in all genuineness and good faith, truly believe that they know someone or have been possessed by demons due to watching horror movies or letting friends who use swear words in their home. There's more, but those are my two favorite because they're so crazy. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. There's actually some really good uh, articles you guys should check out about how QAnon is kind of bringing back the satanic panic. I think I've kind of hinted at this in other episodes, or maybe I said it all right outright but we're back to the satanic panic we're, we're really coming back um this started out i was gonna do a horror movie thing and then now christians love horror movies because the nun 2 was coming out and i thought that might be like potentially controversial but no they love it because the nun's the main character and she's a good christian girl taisa farmiga i guess i don't think she really is in real life but um and so she's going to uh save us all or something um but we do have people who have been demon-possessed while watching the wrong horror movies, and I even found someone who's going to teach us how to make a Christian horror movie and then tells us what a horror movie is based on a website they found on Google, which you know is going to be great. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Halloween's favorite ho holiday. I'm going to be honest, I've not been in the Halloween spirit really this year at all. Um, I'm in a good mood, like it's beautiful out, the leaves are at their peak where I'm at, things like that. I just haven't been in a spooky mood. Maybe it's because of the nice weather. I don't know. But um, maybe this will help me out. So let's do this together. And thanks for listening. Okay, so we're going to start with the demon possessions. And then we'll make a Christian horror movie. So Christians recently um, made Nefarious. Before we start, I'm just going to say they made a horror movie named Nefarious. I can't remember if it went to theaters or not. But they billed it as a horror movie and it ended up just being a Christian movie, which what did we expect? So we'll end there. Um, if you want reviews, I've said this before, Nick Doramio on YouTube makes hilarious reviews of bad horror movies and Christian horror movies and just Christian movies in general. He pays for a PureFlix subscription just for us. So go check out that channel if you're interested. I think he's really funny. Um, there are other folks who will also look at bad Christian movies. Curtis Connor comes to mind. He's done a few. Um, and Chad Chad also has the twinge of cringe section she does. So if you're interested in more visual aspects and stuff, um, check out those channels. I can't promise they'll have everything, but they'll have some of it. Um now, we're going to start with a woman who is claiming that horror movies bring demons into your home and cause issues for you and your family. I will say that if you believe this, of course you'd want to help people. So I don't want to, like, diss this person outright. Um, but when you hear what they have to say, they're pretty crazy. Uh, oh, never mind. They're promoting pro-Israeli government stuff. I don't really care anymore. So, um, that's another discussion I'm not going to have today, but Christian nationalism really is helping Netanyahu right now. Anyway, so our lovely author has written an entire book about horror movie demon possession, and she knows. She was a horror movie fan. Through the 80s and 90s, she saw 75 to 80% of all movies, which frankly, she basically saw the best ones. But um, she says that uh, she didn't change her mind until, and trigger warning, again, I don't know what it is with Christians and the Japanese, but they freaking think everything Japanese is a cultish, even when it's a folk tale or a regular whatever tale. She saw the ring trailer. And this is what she says, which, again, if you know the ring, it's actually based on like a real Japanese folk tale. I want to start with that because I do not want. Anyway, I just want to make it very known. That's what it's based on. 
It wasn't until roughly 20 years ago that I saw a trailer of a horror movie, The Ring, where a seemingly dead woman came crawling out of a television screen. The way she moved her body while exiting the television appeared far too familiar for me, as it was certainly bestial and diabolic. And my answer to that is yes, of course the horror movie villain looked creepy as hell climbing out of your TV because they're dangerous and they are bestial and diabolic. Like how is like that is the point of horror. This is going to be a running theme. So I'm just going to start with this. It's evangelical Christians shape a society. I shouldn't say evangelical. Western society is very much shaped by Christianity as a religion. And because of that, our art reflects it, regardless if you're religious or not, because it's so subconsciously part of our fabric. You you bring in uh, Judeo-Christian or really just Christian ideas into um, into your art. And so realistically, horror movies, when they have good and bad, good is generally going to be Christian and bad is generally going to be satanic. And even if we don't say it that way, the look is going to be, you know, the evil will look a more traditionally Christian satanic way and the good will look a more traditionally Jesus-y way. Um, however, that's signified. Christians will then get mad about the very thing they basically set up. Um, you're going to hear it a lot. Like, there's demonic stuff in this horror movie. Well, yes. And why is that? Because you set up a society where the demonic is always evil. I actually think there's a article where someone writes how Dracula is like something like how he's an exact replica of how you would view say like duh Bram Stoker was a German German Catholic. He, he was, listen, the man was religious. Have you if you read the book, like every other line from the good characters are about how like they're impure for God and like all these different things. So just remember that cognitive dissonance. I'm probably going to stop and correct sometimes, but I just want to get that out there that like the reasoning our horror movies are the way they even are is culturally shaped. That's just on that. Anyway, so this woman saw the ring trailer and she said, wow, that looks so spooky. It must be demonic. And um, she says that it scared her because she'd witnessed a real life circumstance identical to what she saw in that trailer. She was at a Pentecostal church and then during deep praise and worship, there was an intense sermon and an altar call. And that's what this reminded her of, which to be fair, yeah, like she was doing some Pentecostal moves out that, you know, TV. I have seen I've seen the Japanese and American version. And let me tell you both very. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair on that realm. But anyway, she's stating whoever wrote the film was exposed to the demonic realm or investigated it because it rang true. It was too real. They didn't actually. Whoever made the film knew a Japanese I think it's Japanese folktale. I'm going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to look this up right now because I don't want to be that embarrassed. Um, The Ring. The, so the Japanese version's Ringu and then The Ring is your American movie. Um, And both are... Oh, it's based on a novel. I'm sorry. So this woman's going to have to go find Koji Suzuki and tell him off about his demon investigations. This is interesting because... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm not going to... I'm not going to go too far. Also, if you watch The Ring... She's, I think she's sort of like a demon anyway. Anyway, you know, I can't go on. The Ring is also one of my favorite movies. So this is driving me up a wall. So she said that when she realized that The Ring was clearly written by someone who knew some demons or had investigated some demons, she knew that when it clicked for her that horror movies are demonically influenced. And she's going to tell you how. Because... She's seen how it influenced and possessed some of her friends. So we're going to learn about the horror movie Evil Spirits and Demon Possessions from this lady. Let's begin. She starts with how horror movies can bring about curses to your home. So she states, and this is where I get very angry. <laughs> no, not very angry. I'm not angry. It's just more annoying when... Somebody clearly hasn't taken the context or looked into something and then they just start running their mouth. That's annoying. That's annoying. And this is going to be one of them. So she's stating that vampire movies have it right, because if you know Dracula, the only way Dracula can impact you is if you invite him in. Um, and that stays throughout most vampiric literature, however you want to say it. Um, but that started in the original Dracula, uh, is that you have usually Dracula would 
try and look a certain way or be a certain way to be invited and he can't just break into your home i also now realize i said brahm stoker was german i have no effing clue why that even entered my brain he's irish um not catholic uh he is protestant but he definitely would have interacted with uh catholics anyway um so whoever wrote this article uh stated that um you know whoever came up with this vampire idea was on to something because she's read in the bible where demons have to be invited in your house and so that i say no shit author of this name i think her name's jennifer yet yeah, jennifer um brahm stoker the not german very much irish author i am so embarrassed i said that oh my god anyway um he he was religious and he even you can tell he's a very religious person even when you read the book because he has a really good working knowledge of like religious ideals what's sacrilegious what's not like this would have been part of the culture when it was written um and so forth obviously you know things have changed but that that those basis of the vampire mythos whatever you want to call it um is really based on a religious like footing i don't believe any priests or anything end up like exercising but you have to use religious um imagery and so forth to beat the dracula and he's considered like a you know they use terms that age like sour milk but you know what i mean like he's considered uh less than a person and so forth because he's so monstrous because he's aligned with satan um a big part like the first third of the book is all about like freeing lucy's soul to go be like not satanic so realistically like the point of dracula and even vampiric i hate that i've just like vampire literature it's like its own thing but like anything that involves that is gonna have a religious tone to it um very rarely will vampire based content not have a religious tone to it the like good vampire thing i guess we'll put a wrench in it ironically stephanie Meyer, who i think normalized the like cutesy good vamp not cutesy sexy vampire sorry is a like born again christian which makes sense when you think about some of the things she pushes in that with like edward and bella not having sex before marriage because edward's just like so like old school like she she works around it but like you know she's like pushing for that to be romanticized anyway that's a tangent to say if this person took more than two seconds to figure out what was going on she would know that the author of dracula was religious and put forth like religion as the kind of anecdote to everything going on more or less um that being said she's gonna tell you how you today so obviously no dracula's knocking on your door to let you in she's gonna tell you how you can let demons into your home and environment so what she said is if you park your car in someone's home they have access in and she equates bringing horror movies into your home as being an invitation for demons to enter your home and that you don't have to even give the demon invitation the horror movie was an invitation it's really special i love it she even words it the way she words it's really good i've found that the devil likes to send his little minions to linger around what belongs to him and what belongs to him is apparently your dvd collection of the saw series so i <laughs> it's just crazy dude like i have i'm sitting here looking i have all of poltergeist psycho the birds the shining yeah i've had no demon possessions yet but fingers crossed i mean i don't know let's see she says oh and she pushes her book i'm not gonna push her book don't read her book the darkest dark a house of horror movies i'm gonna read this this is her real tale of demonic influence based on horror movie ownership she says this years ago i spoke with a professing christian who had an addiction to watching horror movies they had a vast collection of them stored neatly in their bedroom i warned this person that watching horror films let alone even having them in their home is an open legal invitation in their spiritual realm for the demonic realm i like that it's legal like they went to god court and it's like nope if they have the horror movies i can't evict you out of the home like crazy anyway 
They responded with, I'm a Christian. The devil can't touch me. Plus, there are no demons in my house. How do you know that, I asked. The person couldn't answer because they didn't know. All they had been taught in church and theology school were basic religious studies. Ah, yes. Theology school's always known to leave it at basics versus you, woman who wrote a book and makes shit up out of your head, who knows everything. Um, They weren't taught about the literal power of God, the spiritual realm, nor the power we have in Jesus Christ once we are his child or how to apply it. I don't under... what, what? Okay, whatever. Yes, all of this is mentioned in the same Bible most Christians read, but the word of God must be digested, not only read. She must be so obnoxious at church. She's so judgy. You can tell, like, ugh. Anyway, I explained to this person that as a born-again Christian, demons cannot possess you, but they can, in fact, oppress you. Um... I then explained that unexplainable situations in their personal life could be caused by demonic oppression, such as unrelenting depression. Uh, trigger warning. She's about to say that most mental illness is a result of demon possession. I'm just giving you the warning. You can skip 50 seconds or whatever, but that's what she's about to do. Mysterious illnesses, a stronghold of procrastination, which is generally whatever. Unexplainable lack, whatever that like, that's just the sentence. Unexplainable lack is a sign of demon oppression. Constant rejection, etc. For those videos in their home could be the root for the oppression they suffered, if any. So all oppressions caused by horror movies in your home or other demonic influences. Got it. It's uh, it's giving the Nathan for you, that brother Carlos that comes and says that like Nathan's hemorrhoids are demonic and he has to exercise the hemorrhoid demons. This is what it's giving. Maybe Brother Carlos and this woman are friends. Who knows? Anyway. So she goes on after telling us all these different things. She's so crazy. And uh, she says this, the devil and his minions. I guess he, uh, the devil is a big Despicable Me fan, uh, are very clever and conniving. They're even patient enough to become sleeper cells in one's home, abiding there, waiting to a more opportune time to manifest. I have seen this occur. People, including Christians, bring in the occult, witchcraft, or horror movies into their home and confess to experience absolute nothing until one day, bam! Okay. Mysteriously, all hell breaks loose, almost literally. With them mentally, physically, financially, or personally, and the only thing that points to the root cause was what they invite into their atmosphere and or living place. Back to the story, this person... So this woman went on this huge tangent... You can tell she's very passionate about all these demon-oppressed homes. Back to the story. This person took what I said to heart, or sort of. So when they returned home, instead of watching one of their horror movies, as they usually would, almost nightly, they put something else on television. Days went by and they held up pretty well with that watching those horror films. Until one night, as this person was laying in bed at night, they opened their eyes to see the darkest dark they had ever seen. Wow, it's almost like the horror movies weren't the problem, and when she took them out of her life, things got worse. I asked if it was because of all their lights were turned off and curtains closed. They said, no, I've never seen that type of dark before. It was darker than dark, hovering over me. Then a red, untied ribbon appeared floating in front of me. This woman needs to go to a mental health professional. Um, I could tell by the way they were telling me this that it frightened them. It was evident to them that it was a demonic spirit or multiple. So I asked them what they did afterward. They said that they jumped up, opened the door, pointed their finger and yelled, hey, you get out of here. Okay. Did you use the name of Jesus when ordering it to leave? I asked. No, they answered. Well, and by the way, this is written in 2021. I forgot to specify. These are recent events. Well, then the demonic spirits didn't leave. Demons fear the name of Jesus and can only be cast out using that name and nothing else. There's literal power in that name, I stressed. Oh, they said. <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty like I had this horrible experience last night and she's like, well, you did it all wrong, you dumb bitch. Anyway, <laughs> after that conversation, I thought to myself that the demonic spirits in the bedroom were probably snickering to themselves, whispering, shh, let's act like we're gone. I like these little like screw tape letter-esque uh, universe she's created for the demons in her head. This... She spent so much time talking and thinking about this. Good Lord. Anyway, this person made an attempt to stop. And when they did, demonic spirits tormented them. Therefore, this person assumed if they started watching those types of movies again, the torment would stop. 
So they began watching horror movies again, and the tormenting spirit stopped hounding them. Wow, it's almost like this person did their own investigation and realized that they were right. Or so this person thought. What this person actually did was appease those spirits so they wouldn't scare them. Sounds like whoever lives in their home was actually a horror fan, and they were just like, get the films back in, bitch. And she was like, I'm so sorry. This woman's over here ruining her old peace of mind. No evil spirit could ever be cast out of anything, anyone, or anywhere without one using the name of Jesus. One may ask, how would I know if something is from God or not? The answer is simple. If it flees at the name of Jesus, it is not from God. So if someone says Jesus and I run the other way, does that mean I'm not of God too? Mm-hmm. I love that for her. Wow. I So the next few are awesome. I'm going to warn everyone, skip this next story. It's called Unexplained Illness. This person is about to basically make uh, an invisible illness of a AFAB child be demon possession. Um, Obviously, we know that's really problematic, especially... Uh, I'm not going to describe the kind of pain, but... It, if you have a uterus at a doctor's office, they probably don't believe you about your pain levels. So it's very unsettling to me that this person talks and acts this way. But let's continue. I once heard a story I will never forget. There was a little girl who always got stomach aches. Her Christian parents took her to the doctors for it often. They did blood work, examinations, everything they could think or research, but the doctors were stumped. I should also add Christians think they're like smarter than doctors because they have like this secret power that will always overcome the doctors. And like Christian evangelical fundamentalist Christians like interaction with doctors is usually very uh, tense and negative. I'm going to do an episode on that because the anti-vaxxer movement is born out of evangelical Christianity. Um. Anyway, they had no clue what was wrong with the little girl. Her parents felt helpless. So one day they invited a person over who they knew had a personal relationship with the Lord. This is another thing. None of my local doctors can figure out what's wrong with my child who's in extreme pain. So I just brought over a random pastor to check things out. Like maybe even try like a mental health therapist or something. She could be having a serious trauma because anyway, that's just logic isn't there. So one day they invited this, you know, Lord person over. They knew the power of God and and this person was also a prayer warrior. So they brought a prayer warrior for their ill child. The parents further explained their little girl's symptoms and how doctors did know what was wrong with her. But this doesn't make sense because this person says the doctors did know what's wrong. And then above it says they were stopped. So I, either she has a typo or she lying and she got caught. It's up for interpretation. Anywho, keep going. When they were through giving this prayer warrior the run through, the first thing the prayer warrior asked was if they had anything of the occult in their home. They said no. Then the prayer warrior went through a long list of what could possibly be in their home. When they asked about horror movies, the father stopped and said, yes, I love horror movies. I have a huge collection upstairs. Get rid of them. That's it, said the man of the Lord. I love that. I love this big moment where he's like, Eureka! It's your copy of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's crazy. All right. The little girl's parents were desperate and would do anything to save their daughter from the anguish she was experiencing, except for take her to a mental health facility. So the father purged their entire house of every single movie that had the genre of horror in it. Would you believe it? Almost instantaneously, when the horror movies were extracted from this family's home, their little girl was completely healed, that we know of. Her father felt terribly guilty, apologizing to his little girl and wife, knowing that his obsession with horror movies was what caught their daughter's past unexplained illness, but thanked God for her healing and revelation. Well, thank God, you know. Wow. I guess if any of you have a chronic illness that's really uh, taking you out, just get rid of all your fucking horror movies. I don't know what to tell you. You're demon-possessed, clearly. Uh, Okay, next one. This one's great. This is the last one from Jennifer, the, uh, the blogger. She will go on about how we can move forward, how we can all, uh, get rid of demons too by being people of the lord so i i do want to go over that because i mean you never know you never know when your when your kid's gonna have a stomach ache and you, instead of getting them checked out you, you just bring a man of the lord over to get rid of your horror movies and never follow through with the doctor later um 
This one happened at a movie theater. Now, <laughs> I went on the website she's talking about that apparently caused this great demon possession at the movie theater. And it is a blog site half in what seems to be Tagalog and half in English. It's not. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if anybody who's listening has friends or family that like live abroad, but it has that like Southeast Asian like mommy blog vibe. Like this is definitely not correct information and it can only be found on this weird like blog I can't remember what country it's from, but it's like definitely Southeast Asia, like Pacific Island type area. Um, so just remember that when I tell this story, that's where she got it from, this huge source. I think the name of it, one second. I Well, no, I don't know the name of it because the one website gave my phone a virus somehow. So I think that's all you need to know there. But let's get into this uh, an exorcist at the theater story. Oftentimes, I don't like to mention certain movies by name if I know it's pertaining to Satanism and the occult, and it often entices people to watch it. But I'll have to make an exception for this one, as it has made international news. And by international news, someone took this blog and translated it on Google Translate to English. Okay. The Conjuring 2 movie came out in 2016, and much like the first, thousands of people reported experiencing unusual circumstances after viewing the film almost like night terrors or sleep paralysis. That's me adding that. It, again, when you're kind of scared, you start to see things. I, yeah. By the next year, it was reported that 37 people died directly after watching The Conjuring. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> Maybe she should have watched The Ring. I think that would give her more advice for this one. Um. Oh, my effing f this is crazy anyway so um they move on it was also reported that many people became demon possessed in theaters while watching the film and this person says use caution because they sent a video of a person who's being demon possessed in the middle of the conjuring too um Amazingly, this person's acting skills do seem to be the same type of acting skills that people who also immediately had a seizure after the COVID vaccine. So, you know, remember that. So what happened is priests had to wait out the theater and then they would come in and ask if anyone needed an exorcism. And then she sends a video of the exorcism. So she's claiming that The Conjuring actually caused demon possession live in the theater, which is kind of awesome that she's so gun-ho that this has got to be true. I love it. It's crazy. You know, you just, you got to meet someone who's just a little wacky because I know if I met this person in real life, like instead of fighting her, I'm going along with everything she's saying because I want to see what more she can say. Like, you know it doesn't stop here. You know she has wild views of, like, what we're allowed to eat. You know she goes and prays about what makeup to buy at Target. Like, I want, like, you know that's what we're about out here. So, this is what she has to say. She says, only Christians have ever debated her. Something's telling me she doesn't have a lot of atheist friends, though. So, I don't even know. Um... Yeah, so that's Jennifer. Uh, she doesn't want you to watch horror movies. Um, she's worried about your soul, but she can tell you how to uh, get rid of it. So that's that's numero uno for our demon possession pails. I generally don't use Cora, but I, then I remembered that Cora really is, you know, the voice of the people at this point now that Yahoo Answers has died. I do miss Yahoo Answers. I used to answer every single person who asked how butterflies could be in your stomach with if they swallowed caterpillars until they almost got kicked off. So I do love like these formats because people really can't ask anything. And this is a good place to find like conspiracy theories and stuff. So if you're ever bored. So what I did is I typed in because I needed demon possession but the problem is is because my algorithm goes more towards stuff I would do I get like demon possession movies and things like that so I typed in um how liberals are causing demonic possession in America and that's when I struck gold um because I forgot that Ann Coulter who if sorry I cut myself off there all I was saying at the end of that 
is that um Cora is the power of the people and that Ann Coulter wrote a book called Demonic, how liberals are ruining America or something about how like liberals are demon possessed. And that's how I struck so much gold because I forgot until I researched again that QAnon, like besides like the whole like eating babies in like a pizza shop thing that they came up with, um, they also like think that they're demon possessed and like part of like the Illuminati and Satan. Um, and if you don't know who Ann Coulter is, she's just like a, you know, alt-right, you know, Fox News piece of whatever. She's just not a very nice lady. Um, she writes a ton of books. Um, look her up if you want to see the skinniest white woman you've ever met in your life. Um, but yeah, so, and that was meant derogatory. Uh, you know what? No, we shouldn't, well, uh, I really don't like Ann Coulter. I'm trying to think if it's mean to body shamer or not. I think I'm going to go with no. All right, so we're on to this Javier. Javier and Angel are on here talking about uh, demon possession on Cora. Um, and here's what they have to say. Are liberal Christians, conservative Christians, possessed by demons? So they're asking if, like, liberal Christianity, which is technically what, like, I would be part of, like, pro-LGBTQ, pro-trans rights, um, involved in racial justice, involved in disability justice, interfaith dialogue, that kind of thing. Like, that's what's going to knock off as liberal. Oh, gender stuff, women allowed to do things. That one to me is just so easy to implement. It doesn't even think so. So this person's asking if that kind of person is just a demon-possessed good Christian, which would be the fundamentalist. And uh, the first two people answered snarky, like I would have. <laughs> and then we have Javier, who's here to help our pal with his own horrifying story at his mom's house. So let's listen to what Javier has to say. This is pretty harrowing. As a Christian, I believe that the spirit of God dwells in me and therefore cannot be possessed. However, I do believe demons can harm me if I stray from God and attempt magic and whatnot. So kind of the same idea as this last woman, that you can't be possessed, but you can be oppressed. That's what she said. She's so silly with her little rhymes. Um... So, yeah, that's where we're coming with this one. So he's he's already starting out with that, like, you know, demons can't touch me because I have the word of the Lord. But really? So this way he says, really, the only chance I have is calling on the Lord. Personal experience has shown me that if my family is under God's watch and someone tries to curse us, the curse goes back on them. Which, you know, there's tea there. You know, there's tea there. Amazing. She said, and a family member would sometimes bring friends with her, friends who caused mischief in our house. She said they were her angel friends and they would cuss them out or tell them to stop screwing around. Once when her quote unquote friend retaliated by throwing everything off the shelves in my mother's room, my mother prayed in the name of Jesus. My aunt's friend promptly left and never came back. So yeah, demons can still cr screw with Christians, but our spiritual friend is much bigger. So, um... This person's harrowing story is their mom has a friend or their aunt has a friend and that friend was a demon or demon possessed. I love that. Good for Javier. You know what? Thumbs up for Javier. He's doing his best. Damon says, unfortunately, some Christians don't even believe in demons. With that being said, they are not aware of de demonic possession, demonic oppression, or supernatural things. They consider it weird and strange, which could possibly cause them to possess such a mentality. I'd say that that's actually accurate. He's correct there. In addition, there are Christians who believe in the existence of demons, but don't have spiritual eyes to see many of the evil occurrences and issues they face are actually demonic attacks. As a result, they do feel exempt and that God wouldn't allow demon to attack his people. And for some reason, and I think this is funny, so like obviously all the questions um, are about like demon possession and stuff. And then one person who writes in in-depth, like, I'm talking, like, multi-paragraph. We're at, like, 250, 300-word post about who has more money, Prince William or King Charles. So, I don't know how that got in the demonic possession story time. 
Um, I guess having to deal with the royal family is like its own form of like demon oppression. I would constantly feel like a weight on me if I had to answer to those people. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Javier, that's Angel, and that's Damon. Um, one other person is talking about how we need to bring the divine in our home because then it we need to fill it up with something spiritual, which is an interesting thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's Javier. That's Angel. That's our core demon possession. And now we have this is awesome. There's an entire agency in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is the home of Liberty University. Ooh, <laughs> that just does exorcisms and anti-demon work which I can't believe is a phrase I just said out of my little lips. Um, so this guy, David Appleby, he's the president of Spiritual Interventions, Inc., and the author of It's Only a Demon. So, you know, this is going to be awesome. And he's written a, well, I say it's a Liberty University, like, scholarship academic magazine. So it's, you know, limited in how, like, academic this actually will be in terms of whatever let's remind you that this like this is an academic article that is published it's published in liberty university's counselor education and family studies department so that should make us all go to bed way worse tonight um and this this uh huge article he's written is diagnosing the demonic can you recognize the presence of evil spirits so now we're gonna learn how we too and I'm a, I'm a um, social worker, so you know what? This should help me with my practice. Um, yeah. So our first story is Michelle. And Michelle and her six siblings moved to a rundown house. Uh, this is sounding a lot like, like the original Conjuring house, if you want me to be honest. But let's keep going. Um, she brings up abuse pass, which I think actually is what plays the role. Um, she says that they're poor and they went without food on several occasions. Right now, I'm not seeing anything demonic. I'm seeing systemic failures, but let's continue. So she says to avoid embarrassment about being poor and um, living in like a rundown house, she tells lies to cover up the truth. Normal thing for a kid to do. Kids can be cruel. They don't understand, you know. So we're going to keep going, though. Um sorry america just elected a house speaker and all my phones went off at once um so when friends would ask to come play she would say her mother was sick she would lie about the present she got at christmas and because she didn't her parents didn't have money to get her any this is really sad um she says through all these lies to cover up her poverty the father of lies got his hooks in me at an early age lying made me look like something i was not her parents I'm not going to do it. She was abused by her parents in every way you can imagine you can be abused on top of this. Um, she said she becomes a Christian at seven. Uh, she thought her abuse from her parents would stop, but it did not. Um, I'm not going to read it in depth. Her parents did awful, awful things to her. And this guy realized through counseling her that it wasn't mental health from like years of traumatic abuse. It was is demon possession um and so it sounds like her family thinks it's normal they were abused things like that um she moves in with her pastor which uh, nice of him um and that's when she opens up about all this so her family comes to visit again she's starting to think they have a demonic possession in them um yeah, so this is like an insane story, but I also think the story is important because a lot of these, like, oh, it's demonic, are abuse cover-ups. And you're going to see that. Um, this person obviously is like a horrible situation. Um, and then what happens is she's never, she, you know, she's never healed. She has this lifetime of trauma and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of stuttering because I'm skipping over stuff that's like super, super bad. It's just too much. Um... But then she uses hypnosis. She realized that's of the occult. That's not true. Hypnosis is a therapeutic. It actually was proven to work very effectively with like victims of 9-11 and so forth. It, this is often misconstrued as something it's not. It, it's more of a relaxation technique to get you to talk than anything. Anyway, um, 
So yeah, so she goes to a Christian therapist. Um and they're the ones who find the doors to demon possession. So we're going to look at the four doors to demon possession. The first is curses, lies, and soul ties. Um, I'm not going to... You get it. If there's an abuse history, it's a curse. This girl had a cursed family because there was intergenerational abuse. That That's so probable. I'm not even going to... You know that's not true. And if a therapist tells you that, you, you got to know that's not true. And the fact that this guy was teaching therapists to look for this and abuse victims is horrifying um i actually don't care about the other point either of trauma and victimization again i can i can literally debunk all of this with two classes from my degree i mean this is so incorrect therapeutic work um he also says long-term sin so he says that Michelle, who was this abused child, was too angry and lying. And that gave room for the demons to come inside of her, which is crazy. The other is a cult involvement. And I was really trying to think, is he going to make the weird, um, oh, she got an abortion. I forgot to say that. She got an abortion. She had, she attempted end of lifey things. And, um, that was all occultic, apparently. So now abortion is occultic. Awesome. Uh, shout out to all my uh, abortion occult warriors. We love you. Um, end of lifey things are apparently occultic. And um, her own dad abusing her was even occultic because, you know, that's totally her fault. Um, yeah. So he also says the hypnosis was occultic. Awesome. He does admit that Christians can't be possessed by demons, but they can be oppressed. Like our little girl, she was oppressed by demons. This is so weird. And he gives us, here's our little possible indicators of demonic influence. Everybody get your notebooks out. No more therapy, no more doctor. Just check for these things and then it's it's all salt. This is also a huge basis for like biblical counseling, which isn't real. I'm sorry this is so heavy, but... I also think it's important that you hear this and know that there are swaths. I mean, this is a huge college. Swaths of therapists who believe and think this. I mean, look what happened with the eight passenger situation with the Mormon church and how that was construed to abuse. So I say this. It's like, yes, it's funny that people actually think this shit, but this is where it's harmful. Um, you know, this is where we step it up from get the horror movies out of your house to like your 18 years of abuse is a demon. So the possible indicators of demonic influence are as follows. And amazingly, they're almost like the symptoms of depression. Feelings of shame or guilt that don't yield to God's forgiveness. Accusatory voices in the mind that won't stop mental torment. Man, that sounds like serious mental Ill Like accusatory voices in the mind. The Jesus. Ungodly coping mechanisms that just make the situation worse. That's so vague. And you know that they mainly just mean alcohol and weed. Uh, difficulty making connections with people and with God. Well, if you're trauma, yeah, yeah. This is like, he's just describing like trauma. And like even the abortion thing, like I don't want to get into that because obviously that's a touchy subject. But like that was her. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's crazy. Recurring nightmares. Thoughts that disrupt sleep. Again, a trauma symptom. Sins that don't yield to traditional spiritual disciplines like meditation, prayer, fasting. Um, yeah. Inability to experience the love, peace, joy that the Holy Spirit produces. Man, that sounds like depression. And this is where this all leads to. All the like crazy stuff where it's like, get the horror boobies out of your house. It leads to like these ideas where kids are basically trapped in this horrid idea. A sense that your life is not your own and something else is working against you, trying to destroy you and all that you and God hold dear. Inability to change any of the above, no matter how much you want to or hard you try. Yeah, that like she was a child and like most people don't have the power to change everything. Personal or family problems that don't respond to therapy. Physical or psychological problems that don't respond to medication. I mean, the therapy thing is also subjective because I don't think every family gets the appropriate mental health therapy or even like style of therapy they need in today's age like mental health still a newer field in a lot of ways in terms of being done correctly the physical thing I, I guess I get but this is that's what he says um 
he does say it's a wild card to diagnose demonic spirits, which, you know, thanks for putting that out there. You know, it's a bit of a wild card. Um, he himself was demonized briefly after a traumatic experience. Um, and then he was delivered through his ministry. But he did experience terror, anxiety, persecution, status, and preservation. What? He named his demons, too. Okay. Oh, but it's okay because his trauma resulted in pursuing a whole new direction. Well, thank God that that demon came for him because then we wouldn't have this article. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. There are four doorways to demon possession. So, all oh, the other were symptoms. These are the doorways. Hereditary curses. <laughs> Sorry. I guess, like, article's so problematic, but, like, just the phrase hereditary curses. Like, what do you think he did when that movie came out? What were his thoughts when that girl's head went flying? I want to know. Uh, occult involvement. Well, I expected that. Trauma and victimization. I don't, I don't like that at all. I do understand the idea that if you're vulnerable due to trauma, you are more likely to experience other forms of oppression. That's true. What isn't true is that your trauma is because of demons. Oh, and long-term sin. So that's our academic article on diagnosing the demonic. And I, I do apologize for how heavy it is. I couldn't read Michelle's story because it's very upsetting. Um, But that's where it becomes, you know, not just your crazy neighbor telling you stuff, but like into like legitimately like hurting traumatized people and making things more difficult for them. Um, so, yeah, that's where that's at. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna make a horror movie. Um, I got flustered, forgot where I was. We're gonna make a horror movie, a Christian horror movie. Um, so this is actually one of the more reasonable things, because uh, not that I agree with everything our paley jo Jonah here is writing. Overall, I understand his idea and what he's trying to get at. Um, because I do think, like, even in because when I when I do this, I, I have anecdotal stories, but I like to bring up like how some of these things still infiltrate our culture and bring up like articles and stuff just to show that this isn't like a one off. These are things that are pretty um, wide reaching sometimes. But you do see like the variations of like where people are at in their journey in terms of evangelicalism, if they want to stick with it or not. Um, Jonah seems to be kind of chill. Um, they seem like someone who's open to learning, growing, you know, the important stuff. But uh, Jonah is going to help us make a horror movie. Um, Jonah even in investigated, I meant to say researched, how to make a horror movie and what makes a horror movie. So let's just dig into what Jonah wants us to do. So Jonah used to hate, used to hate horror movies because um, he grew up Christian. And then what happened in high school, they made a movie riffing off of it and people really liked it and they saw potential to make Christian movies. Um, and I do like the idea that this person felt like they learned. Uh, not shocking that it was in high school. I think that's when kids start to kind of make their way one way or another. Um, so they said that there are five main elements needed for a film to be considered horror. And they're this. And they got this from masterclass.com. So, you know, they got it from the source. I mean, this is where all movie makers go before they make a movie is to make sure that they've got the genre right on masterclass.com. So for a movie to be considered horror, it must include more action than dialogue, mounting suspense, jump scares, gore, and a villain or monster, which is interesting. I really just did interesting because it knocks out almost like every single classic horror like universal horror movie i mean there's nuance within it but like gore there's definitely not gore in like the third like gore is a newer like 2000s thing like it, it that like takes so many movies out jump scares that takes out a lot of horror movies i mean skinamarink is not a horror movie anymore which i get that's not everyone's cup of tea but still um more action than dialogue i mean fuck psycho i guess um they're not a horror movie anymore mounting suspense that's the only one i would say like yeah but so that's what they think a horror movie is um it, it does tell right away that they have seen very few horror movies they say their favorite horror movie is the passion of the christ um 
because it's so gory, but it's gory and it's good gore because it's Jesus gore. And it shows you how painful Jesus's death was, which we all needed. So that's why. I'm sorry. It's their favorite gory movie, not their favorite horror movie. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <sighs> so they say, how can we justify gore as Christians in our horror movies? This is really what it's about. We're going to make a Christian horror movie. We have to have Christian themes. So you got to follow Christian creators. Like apparently the guy who made the black phone. Oh, he worked on a lot of Marvel movies. Okay, he's probably like a tech guy. His name's Scott. Sinister and delivers from evil. They have a Christian vibe to them. And he's a Christian. So what he's saying is Christians, you know, if they want something for themselves, they got to make it. And I don't disagree. Where I do disagree is when he says, um... The best way to help change the culture is to put your money behind people who have the means audience to change it. Sort of true. I mean, sort of. Um, the thing they do say is that movies shouldn't be made to make you think a certain way and then in the same breath say, but let's like make Christian movies to push Christianity. So like, which is it, son? Talk to your own people. Um, yeah, the goal of a movie should never be to manipulate its audience to think a certain way. Unless it's my Christian movie in which I manipulate the office to audience to think a certain way, that way being Christian. Like... It's a lot of like, it's only okay if I do it because I'm the ultimate and like the best and like Christianity is the only way. Woo. Like, yeah, like that's where that's coming from. Like they, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's what they want. Um, They said everything's fine except for the gore and we're fine. We'll just watch Passion of the Christ. That'll teach us how gore can be okay. If we want gore, we'll just bring dead Jesus out and have him run around. That'll be our scary stuff. Um, They, they solved Christian horror movies, guys. Everyone... Send a letter to Joa, Jonah. We did it. Um, yeah. So that's how to make a Christian horror movie. Not the most exciting. I do really love their five elements of a horror movie. I love that they went on masterclass.com to find it. Um, I love that they say that the other types of movies besides horror are romance, drama, and sci-fi and like nothing else. Um, they also describe sci-fi as only like a way to think about what the future could be which sci-fi can be futuristic but it also doesn't necessarily have to be but this person also thinks that if your horror movie has more dialogue than action it's not scary anymore um yeah so that's that's i this is a very new article i have a feeling more articles like this are gonna come out um i think a lot more christians sorry i'm yawning boring fucking article um but a lot more christians with nefarious coming out um with pure flicks having like christian like disaster horror movies that seems to be like the number one way christians are breaking in is like disaster films um because the gore can be justified by like getting hit by something or they do also like to do like haunted youth group movies or like the haunted youth group overnight because it fits into the narrative. But that's that's my satanic panic at the disco. I thought I'd read some demonic possession stories. So the satanic panic is all about demonic possession. Um, you know, do be careful if you go and look for like these things in terms of reading them at all. They can be very harmful, problematic, and how they treat mental illness especially. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a great Halloween. I might put bonus material out next week on monday or tuesday for you guys um just because of the holiday but i do hope you enjoy it watch a movie go out with friends um drink a cup of cider or tea or something i don't know just have a nice uh halloween weekend just stay safe and see you next week <laughs>